Hey, it's Gary Cook, and I'm back with Retro Football Network podcast. We're at episode eight, and today I'm going to share two passions with you. Old football, but also retro computer games. Now, before we begin, I just want to ask you to subscribe if you haven't already done so. That means you'll get information when a new episode is released. You won't, you won't miss one. Plus, an extra addition, if you don't mind, and if you're happy with what you hear, do you mind leaving a five-star review? If you do that, more people will be able to find the podcast, especially with Apple Podcasts. It really helps me a lot, and it moves me up the the search ratings because I'm totally independent. I'm not bankrolled by a media company, so this is just me doing this all by myself. So helping out like that is a massive thing for me. If you enjoy what I do, I just want to ask you, did you know that I also write articles on Football Nostalgia every week? You can find them at retrofootballnetwork.substack.com. And there are free articles each week, but there's also paid content too if you're interested in reading a lot more. In the archives, there's over 140 articles as we stand at the minute. So there's a lot there. So it's quite a lot of value for money. Now let's get on to the guest. He's a pioneer and an innovator. And I really enjoy talking to him. He's very interesting, a very charming person as well. If you have ever played any football management game, whether on a computer or a console, this man influenced it. There's no doubt about that. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome my guest today. Big Retro Football Network podcast. Welcome to Kevin Toms. So a big welcome to the podcast to Kevin Toms. Kevin, how are you today? Pretty good, thanks. Good afternoon. I'm, I must say for me personally, I'm very pleased to have you on here because you are somebody that I have been familiar with since the 1980s. Um, but before we jump into that, I want to start off this podcast the same as I'd start off every single podcast, no matter who the guest is. I always ask them to let's just go back to their first experiences of football. So let's go back to when you were a child. How did you first get into football? Yeah, I, I think I can remember that. Um, really, it was where I lived uh, in Paynton in Devon. And uh, we used to go down the local playing field uh, and kick a ball around there. Um, that's where we used to most play football. And um, the bit I remember about it was it was on a slope. So we were always playing on the side of a hill. Uh, so the left side of the pitch was lower than the right side of the pitch, you might, might say. But uh, that, was, that was the earliest when I was, uh, when I was pretty young playing, playing football. You know, like six, seven years old, I can kind of remember playing. And when, when you were around that age, did you start to have some heroes or did you maybe start to follow a team or anything like that? Or did you go to any games? Yeah, in the, in the following years, I mean, I was, I was thinking uh, it's probably I was about eight years old, which what I'm remembering there, seven or eight years old. And then uh, then uh, I start. What was the age? A couple of years later, maybe went to see Talk United for the first time. Uh, so that's how Talk United became my team. They were the local league team. And uh, so, yeah, I used to regularly go and see them. And it was higher level football of that yeah those days than what it is now yeah uh i mean i can remember, remember us playing aston villa and, and clubs like that you know so um it's, it was uh different in those days did you have a particular favorite player at that point a hero or anything like that yeah that's an interesting 
I can remember, <laughs> I can't remember which players they were, but I remember collecting football cards, you know, of players. Yeah. And uh, I remember being quite amused. My sense of humor kicked in because I, I can almost quite, quite remember things seems like someone like Trevor Brooking or something like that. And it always said where they were born. Yeah. And uh, so say it said um, Trevor Brooking born tooting, mm. which I found quite funny. And uh, another one was born barking, which, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> just said born and the town, you know, so born tooting or born barking. But, uh, you know, that, that that I do remember and, and some football cards. Um, I don't think I had, I mean, uh, I can't remember particular heroes. Obviously, uh, when I started watching the football, I, the players in the look, in the team, but that's quite a while ago now. I can't remember the names. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard to think back a bit. I'll tell you what I can remember. Uh, it just came back in my mind now you mentioned it. I can remember watching the 1966 world cup yeah i was gonna ask you about that yeah 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 and uh i i was watching it um not at home right okay uh i was i think it was i was just getting into football at that time so I used to play the football football down the playing field didn't really know much about it other than that and i didn't even really realize that the world cup was on i remember my dad was home no, no, this is the bit I was they were they watching it at home? But what I remember was being down in the town in Paynton and lots of people being gathered around TV shops because mm. quite a few people didn't have a TV and uh, they were showing it in the windows of the TV shops. So people were literally standing around TV shops. And I remember noticing that at the time. But I think it was just before I really got into football myself at that yeah. stage. Now, of course, then you talked about you having a kick about with your friends. We all yeah. did that when we were young, etc. But what about, did you have any experience of playing any type of games? Because in the 1960s, there started to be like football board games started to become yeah. out because there was no computers at that point. Um, yeah. Did you have any games like, I mean, I used to play, I, I remember having blow football with one of my first. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, that could be hilarious have, playing that, actually. Oh, I know. Did you have um, any, any games like that? Any any board game? Sorry, but the one I, I, I clearly remember is Wembley. I right. think that was the probably the most successful uh, board game. And it was just about the FA Cup and you just had you know, a bunch of teams as cards and you played against each other. Uh, I can't even remember the board, but I, but I do remember because it had an effect. Um, mm was the weighted dice um, oh, okay. and uh, i found that interesting sort of the maths part of me um you know that you got a dice with six sides but um i can almost remember it that the low level team got a, a, a less good dice a higher level oh, team okay and i think if i remember rightly this is how much it's imprinted um so like uh the the six-sided dice for the low team was naught naught one one maybe two and five yeah so in a rare occasion they get five uh one in six chances but other than that they were getting pretty low scores yeah and obviously higher level teams might have not one two three four four or something like that so by using the weighted dice they could uh simulate that you know better teams playing lower teams and yeah it's more realistic progression 
very simple, but uh, that was early sort of implanted in my brain, which later became sort of things that I used in a more sophisticated way uh, yeah. for my own games. And the other one that I, I can remember was uh, Soccerama, um, which I thought was pretty good. And that you had uh, definitely the ability to climb up the leagues. I can't remember. I must have had yeah. a cup competition as well. And star players that you could buy as well. So you could buy footballers. So, yeah, these were the, the roots, really, of, of things for me. It's funny you mentioned Soccerama because it's a game that I totally forgot about. But when I was probably, I don't know, I was about 10, one of my mum and dad's friends came around with a bag full of stuff because their son was about know, five or six years older than me. So they just cleared out a load of stuff they didn't want. And they gave me his old football shorts that were too small for him, etc. And in there was this game, Soccerama, and I totally forgot about it. And as an only child, it's not always easy to play these games. So but I played it anyway, and I completely forgot about it until recently. And it was really good for its time. It really was. And like you say, it was the type of game that could lead to the ideas of computer games later and simulation because you did roll the dice and you had transfers and injuries, etc. So Soccerama was quite ahead of its time. And I'm sure even now something similar could still pique interest with board games being popular again today. Yeah. So that type yeah. of thing, did that did that set a seed in your mind at some point that you'd like to do something or not at all where did you want to be a train driver or something like that when you were a child i've been a train driver so oh, okay. <laughs> but i never planned that but um the um the it i love playing games i love playing board games uh, yeah. games was a real interest for me so i used to play for board games whenever i could another one was subutio of course which mm. was when i got older um but uh yeah i used to love playing board games and uh i then by the age of about 10 or 11 i was starting to invent board games myself just for right. fun so yeah it was it was like definitely a, an interest uh for me okay so let's let's jump forward then so how did your career begin so that you became interested in devising your own um football computer game let's jump forward quite a bit how did this how did that happen what what happened after you left school to get you into this position well i'd already been um uh like as a hobby for a long long time inventing games and board games you know yeah. uh, games of the bat and ball free footballs and board games and um then uh i um was in fact i even uh when i was about 16 the careers master they had a meeting with my parents mm -hmm. and I, I i was that interested at that time that i asked them to ask him about potential career as a games designer for oh wow okay. game manufacturer yeah so they did and i said well how did it go and they said oh he said it's a passing phase you'll grow out. Oh. That sounds about That's right. Okay. Anything, anything a little bit different? Any, any dream? Those people were employed to crush them. I think. If I, if I said I was going to be an accountant, I would think he'd be infused. You know, yeah, like, exactly. oh, well, we should do something about that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to work so, in the um, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, uh, as an aside, that that uh, teacher um, was also um, when I was doing the options for uh, like different choices of topic sub subjects. I didn't know I have a particular aim of what I wanted to do. And he said, well, if you're not sure, he said, you know, you, you can do science, you, you've got, you've got, you're good at science. 
he said, I would recommend you take an additional science and a uh, language. So he said you could take uh, chemistry and, you know, like, and physics, which I did do. And he said, as for languages, he said, well, you got French already. He said, I recommend you take Latin because it's the basis of a lot of languages. Right. Uh, so it seems sensible, right? Uh, so uh, when the lesson started, I found out that nearly everybody who'd taken a second language had taken German, which would have been a better choice. And right. uh, half a dozen of us were, were, were doing Latin. It's a tiny class. And who was the teacher? The, the the guy who was advising me which one to take oh, <laughs> he was filling his course uh, yeah exactly i learned more i learned more about pompeii because it was all about pompeii than yeah. i learned about latin in that class uh, but uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. so anyway um so you asked about how did i uh, get into um computer games well the first thing i did was i i i ended up in a job as a computer programmer um mm -hmm. Uh, for the local Barrack Council in Torquay, programming mainframes. So that was before um, home computers came along. Um, what, time, what, uh, time, what time frame are we talking about here, Kevin? What, what era is uh, this? This is uh, the end of the 70s. Right, okay. Uh, 78, 79, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just before. And um, so, but I learned to program, uh, you know, program but mainframes uh you know it was pl1 code which is the first language i learned which is programming language one from ibm right okay. and uh, it's more like cobol than anything and then another one called rpg so well, so, so they are this or you were you self-taught well we had at that time we had uh, to learn from a book basically yeah. uh but uh, with the programmers around me as well because they were you know it's a team yeah. and um uh, so I could be advised as well, but you know this this was in the days when uh, you wrote your program on paper, okay, and it was entered into the computer by the data prep girls, and uh, um, uh, they were entering the, what you wrote. Then it would run. I think it was probably run on tapes or something like that, and then it would run overnight. And the next day you see whether it ran or you'd got any errors. So oh, like. Right debugging was a slow process you know so like literally you didn't get the result of one run of your code until the, until 24 hours later wow. so uh, it improved a lot over the uh, yeah just a bit years. and uh so then um it was a couple of years later when i was uh at that point living uh in milton Keynes. um i'd moved from my home and I was living in Milton Keynes and I uh, got the uh, first uh, home computer. And so the difference, the, the clear difference between me and a lot of other people who were learning to write games at that time was I already knew how to program. Yeah. So I wasn't learning to program on the computer. Uh, I was just using it as a tool. But I'd all the time been, um, a you know, like trying to get the bloody board game to work. I'd never been satisfied with it because the limitations bothered me. And then I realized when I got my hands on a home computer, I think I dabbled around with it on the mainframe first, just got some ideas. Um, but then I, when I actually got on the home computer, I pulled it all together. And um, I, uh, a lot of the, the frustrations I had, things you couldn't do as a board game, worked fine on the computer. So, so basically, was, was Football Manager the board game 
created into computer form is that really how it started it was that uh, it was that's that's where it came from that's its yeah. roots uh but there wasn't actually a, a satisfactory board game that i had created at any point at each i was always trying to make it and finding it too limiting so the sort of things that um you know like Sokorama, uh i remember tried to do the sort of frustrations i had like if you win you got three positions if you draw you know you, you stay where you are if, you know or it might depend on the score line i think yeah. from Sokorama, yeah so and i was never satisfied with that um so um but then i could do a lot more with the computer than i ever could because I had the, the kind of intelligence you could create inside the computer program to uh, affect what was happening so it was much more interesting so how, how long did it take you then to actually put it together from starting the process of football manager as a computer game to being ready for it to to then be launched what, i i think it took about a year plus probably another few months of like conceptual stuff but mm. the the actual coding took about a year and that's not like that a lot of that would be um hacking and changing design to get it like right so i would think of a new thing and then add it in and then say oh that didn't quite work right let's change that a bit oh no that's better and then yeah. like evolving it um until it's like getting good and yeah. then um then i started letting other people play the game i played it myself because i was writing it partly from fun for me um but then i started letting other people play it and i couldn't get them off it once they started and i started to realize hey this is something good i've created here and, and i was observing what was going on uh like around you know with computer games i mean yes. you know the, the the obvious magazines were there um and i was thinking you know what i think i could sell this game yeah. and then i started thinking about how i was going to do that and uh decided i would do uh, i would package it up and i'd make a, a quarter page ad and then advertise it and the other thing the critical point happened during that time in that probably the last six months of 1981 was I had the TRS-80 Video Genie version, which was the first thing I created. It was actually on a Video Genie, which is the same as TRS-80. And um, the ZX-81 came out. Yep. And a much lower price point uh, than the, the TRS-80 clones or the TRS-80. And I realized that this would create a whole new market. And um, I thought I should adapt it to that, and that was a that was a critical move financially yeah. uh, uh, when I adapted the ZX81 because the sales eventually on that were colossal compared to the minuscule sales on the, the TRS80, basically. So that was now, a really good move. Just so before for people who are a little bit younger, because I'm 47, people a little bit younger who didn't either play at the time or only discovered it later in life. Um, Talk about a little bit about, just give people a bit of an overview of what exactly Football Manager was at that time. So, for example, so they understand a little bit more because the games have developed so much in the last 40 years to the point that it's ridiculous. That I find them almost unplayable because it takes nearly a week just to play one match because you've got to do so many different things. Um, just give people a little bit of an idea of 
for example, what it was. So, for example, one thing that was really interesting at the time, which later on became a problem, is you use real players, of course. You, well, you used their surname, <laughs> didn't you? So. Yeah, no, I mean, it was such a, I mean, we were a new industry at that time. I mean, I was right at the beginning. Uh, I mean, to, to set the scene probably is the fact that how you sold the games. Um, so people had these computers, they they bought them, but there wasn't a shop where you could buy a computer game, nowhere. Uh, and so the only way you could sell computer games was on uh, straight off by email, sorry, by mail, yeah, uh, yeah. off the pages of computer uh, games magazines. So it was like a hobbyist. You just sold that way. Um, so uh, the the what that meant was that everything was we were doing was new. No, there was no games like movie licenses or anything like. That. It was all like a yeah. like a cottage industry that you might say. Everybody just inventing games themselves and selling them direct. Um, and uh, what was different about uh, Football Manager at that time was. It was a, most of the people who were putting out games at that time got their idea from, say, looking in the arcades or something like mm. the Space Invaders and saying, oh, I reckon I could do that on the ZX81. And they would like go into machine code and create a ZX81 uh, Space Invaders or something like that. Football Manager was a complete strategy football management game. And it, it required the, the RAM pack on the ZX81 because it wouldn't run in 1K, it needed 16K of memory. But uh, it, it, it was a, a game where you had you started in Division 4 and you had to work your way up and you, you had a team and you had to buy and sell players and deal with finances. Um, and so it was like, uh, uh, and, you know, uh, and, and decide on how to balance your team for the matches. So it was tactics, strategy, uh, financial decision making mm -hmm. and a good pace of action as well. Things happen quite quickly. Um, and uh, but it was radically different to almost anything else at the time. I mean, oh, when really? I used to start like attending uh, sort of uh, the first early game shows, um, the initial thing I was doing was explaining to people what it was. Yeah, because they they couldn't guess the name helps, of course. Yeah. But uh, but uh, they they'd never uh, never seen anything like it and, and had to they would sit and play it. Um, it got easier because then when they sat and played it, they sat and played for a long time and they would explain it to other people. So I had less to do, but, uh, you know, like, what are you, what are you playing? Like, um, but, uh, it was a good setting point for the game because people could see someone playing for a long time and they thought, I must yeah. be good, whatever that is, you know, it was definitely um, a case of in those days as well. Word of mouth was everything. You could go yeah. to school, you go to school and somebody said, I've got a computer. Wow. You've got, you've got a computer. Yeah. And what do you play on it? Oh, I play this, this, and this. I play football manager and although as, as children you loved to play football and have a kick about and there were some very early games where you could play like a arcade style football match to have a simulator where you could be a manager was totally different because as a football fan every football fan always moans about a manager oh i wish we should buy this player or he should play this player instead of this player or he should play this formation everyone's an expert so Football Manager gave people that first ever opportunity to say, right, go on then, let's see what you can do. And I, I've always loved the idea of starting in the fourth division because it makes it more interesting and it means that you've got to do a, you've got to do something. It's not a case of, okay, you start in the top league, 
you're the top team and your team's made up of internationals. No, you've got to start from the very bottom. It didn't matter if, if I remember rightly, if you picked the best teams in the land, you still had to start in the fourth division, didn't you? So if you yes. chose Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, yes, that was a choice. Yeah, but you had to start. I think at yeah. Boston, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and yeah, no, no, that was a choice. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah. And there's one thing as well, which I think, I mean, it's an exaggerated word, but groundbreaking is definitely a word I can use for the game. And of course, you had these, the highlights as well. Yeah. Explain to people about that, because you had, you could, you could watch the highlights well, of your... So that was an interesting thing, because I did that so early. But um, when I, uh, the very first game I watched, I mean, there was no memory to do it. And we only had like the little blocky text anyway. Um, so on the ZH81, it was done by um, text, you know, and, and uh, just the score line. And even that worked because if you've ever played it as text, you know, there was a delay waiting to see what was going to happen next. And, I, and I, I deliberately didn't include a timer as well. So you never knew when the match was going to end and how much time. Oh, right, okay. So I always, always thought of gameplay, fun, tension, rather than oh realistic you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and i still do that um but um that made it more fun basically yeah. so what happened was um about later in the year in 1982 this was uh in the autumn the zx spectrum was announced by mm. sinclair and this had better graphics and basically i was uh sitting in milton Keynes. i, I got hold of a spectrum uh, which had three times the memory of the the, the the zx81 so i could have more teams uh, in the leagues more players and um but in particular i thought it would be good to do some kind of highlights so i spent about six weeks uh you know in changing the game for this uh, the spectrum and basically you stick men mm -hmm. which i used to uh, draw as a kid like uh, yeah, yeah. In football and um and 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 the the, the trick was it well it was it was quite simple it was just highlights of attacks on goal and and shots on goal uh, but the trick was that the, the code was written that it was an endless number of possibilities so uh, you never knew what was going to happen you you know even when the, the attack started even though they, it, it had a it was obviously strictly limited by memory and things like that uh, you you were never sure whether you were going to score or not so yeah. you, there was tension at every attack and. Uh, um, you know that that may add to the game but it's still related um to the the the, the strength of your team against yeah. the opponents so uh, you know that's still that balance was still there um uh you know that the the best teams normally win but not always which is an important thing and I, as you said there the word you used the uh, tension because you said you were watching the game back and you don't know what's going to happen and then you have a shot and you for example it's nil nil in the last you don't know if it's the last minute and then you have a shot and he created that feeling there of excitement because you're very easy to get very invested in these football management games. I know because I'm, I still play old versions now, not new ones, but old ones. And when you play it, there's still that great feeling of, yeah, we scored in the last minute or we've won, et cetera. But also the fact that when it doesn't go right, it's the frustration and it's crazy how that, how a computer game or a video game can create that. And, you did that, especially with those highlights. And again, never been done before. So it's not like you've said, all oh, right, I like how they did that. I'm going to take their idea and do put my stamp on it at all. You led the way. 
that's it. I mean, yeah. you were the one who was saying, right, this has never been done before. It's an yeah. idea, and I can I can do it because I've got the um, yeah. the knowledge how to create it. Now, one thing as well, which I always reminds me, and I think this is one thing that's made your name stick out. The fact that you put on the cover your your name and your face on the cover. You're making me realize how much I was innovating now. Thanks very much. Yeah. No, no, it's true. You weren't. <laughs> no, it's true. The no, game itself. It's, it's, it's the game. Kevin, yeah. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll accept it. Uh, the, the game <laughs> itself. The game itself was the founder of a genre. You're right. The highlights had never been done before when I did that. Now, the, the, the picture on the cover, to me, is completely logical, but it became an innovation. Uh, so that. It wasn't at first. I mean, you know, like all that time I was talking, you know, when I launched the Spectrum, it wasn't. My picture wasn't on the cover. But it really came about when I started uh, compute, intending some of the, the game shows, like at uh, Earl's, Court, Earl's Court and places like that. And I, and I was talking to people, and I'd be explaining my game because I was on a stand and saying this, is this, 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 and this. And then I'd be talking to someone who was already playing it. Yeah. And... Uh, and I, you know, they said like they'd ask me a question. I say, oh, well, the reason I did that was, and they say, well, you wrote the game because they thought I was a salesman. So I yeah, said, of course. yeah, yeah, I wrote the game. Oh, yeah, okay. Then they got like, yeah, animated and excited that you can. You know, I didn't to really just to sell. Yeah, That's they right. think you're going to sell it, aren't they? So. Yeah, so they thought I was just you know guy on the stand, and then I was saying, well, I did that, and why I did certain designs and things like that, made certain decisions. And then they become very animated and, and interested, and obviously it meant a lot to talk to the person who actually created the game. And I I kind of saw a connection. I just thought, um, well, I mean, it's a creative art, uh, and I'm doing it to my own style, my own way of writing. Surely this is no different to music and books. I always thought that was the, the parallel. And I thought, I don't care who publishes uh, you know, whatever band I'm interested in, what I care is it's them or the singer and that they're, they're writing the music. So I thought, yeah, you don't need some corporate label. You need to be the person, the people who are creating the stuff. And I thought the same of books, you know, when you read a book, it's always saying who the author is, very often having a, a profile exactly, of them with their yeah. photo. And I thought, yeah, because it's interesting. So because it's their creation and their way of creating stuff. So I just thought, because again, the early days of computer games, I thought we should do the same. And I thought, well, I can, I can do it, so I'll do it. So I did that, and uh, there was a certain risk you take um, mm -hmm. by doing it, because if your product's rubbish, you're going to get the flack as well. So yes. I had to have Not just your name belief. as well, your face as well. You can have the random yeah. on the high street giving you a yeah. off. So, But the reverse happened, of course, that it was actually uh, very, very popular and, and loved. And so, yeah, I got associated with it. And I always uh, – I mean, there was a certain amount of – um flirting with the idea by some companies but not many companies did it and i always thought that was a corporate decision because mm, i felt that you know it's like the united artists thing they didn't like really want the artist to become too powerful yeah. i mean i always noticed as the years go on it was the owners of the companies that drove the porsches and the lamborghinis mm. uh not the uh, not the uh, Games developers. No, generally. exactly. exactly. You know, it may have changed a bit, but and, yeah. Uh, and with, with regards to to that, you also created this perfect name, this ideal name for the software company behind it, which of course was addictive. 
And what a perfect name to choose for for a software house to to produce something and people ended up spending hours and hours on one more game one more match etc well yeah the, the funny thing is that that name kind of followed from the game itself because what actually happened was in about the last month or so maybe two months before i decided to launch the game with the quarter page advert i was thinking okay, i need a name for the company what should i call the company and uh and I can remember I was basically laying in bed late on a Saturday morning thinking, what shall I call the company? I thought, well, you know, one thing I know, because I'd had people playing the game quite a lot, and I thought, I can't get them off it. I thought, it's kind of addictive, you know? And, uh, and I thought, yeah, the game's addictive. I don't know, that's not bad. I could call my company Addictive Games. And uh, thought nothing more than that. I thought, as soon as I said it to myself, I thought, yeah, that's a good name. I call it a company addictive games. So I did. And yeah, that's how it came. It actually was the game that created the name. Yeah, so because it was a perfect, because of what perfect it was. way to describe it, wasn't it? It was a perfect adjective yeah. to describe it. And you said that, of course, you first started off by sending it out. It was mail order. You had the advertisement in the magazines. When did shops start to to sell these games? Then what happened? What changed the way people were buying the games? Yeah, I can remember that quite clearly, actually. Um, and uh, basically what happened was that, that fairly early in 1982, so the, the first advert for the game was January 1982 in computer and video games. And uh, fairly early, just a couple of months later, um, there was a guy started running um, uh, game shows in, in, in London. Um, at the Queen Elizabeth Center, I can remember. And uh, it was just like a hobbyist kind of idea, ZX Microfairs. Uh, so it was literally for people who own ZX computers, which is ZX81 at that time. And so it was just in a hall. We had trestle tables, you know, like a market stall type effect. And we just set up there. And um, but then, and they were on every couple of months, actually, they were quite because they were so popular and the, the guy who came up with the idea, I think is making good money out of it. Um, but there were hundreds of people there um, because everybody, the, the, the market was growing fast. People were buying the computers and buying games, but they had nowhere to go and, you know, like no, no shops to buy the games. So this opportunity to go and go to one place and see lots of different games and, you know, buy them was great for them. And uh, so they were very popular. And we sold, you know, quite a few games there, but it was also at one of those events, two, two or three in. Then the first was it was a couple, I think, from the Midlands. I can kind of remember. Uh, they came up and they said, "Well, we've just started a, a, a computer game shop. We think is, you know, so we've started our own, and uh, and uh, we'd like to stock your games. So can we talk about it?" So that was the first uh, doing the deal on. Um, uh, stocking uh, on on actually selling computer games in a retail outlet. I think they bought ten or something like that. So we had to, you know, do a deal on price and things like that. So because that's another thing as well, price. people won't remember is that up until probably the early to mid nineties, you didn't have to just buy it from a big place. You you went to specialist computer shops. You bought yeah. even the early consoles like nintendo and sega you bought them you could buy them from these computer shops you went in 
yeah. you had somebody it was more of a personal touch they knew what games were in what games everybody was talking about they had the finger on the pulse as well so they these people yeah. were really into it and it wasn't just like a big shop like i worked at hmv and they decided to bring games in um but that, that killed two independents in the town where the hmv was but they were very late to it they didn't have any games in it for until this was 93 94 so at that point you had to go to these independents to buy it but you got the personal touch because you could go in and say right i'm looking for a game this is the type of game i want or someone would go in and say i'm looking for a game for my kid um he's into football but he's not into playing he's into management what have you got all oh, right over there we've got this this and this it was more of a personal touch so those those games shops were were brilliant and they were great to visit as well so yeah i think to survive they had to keep reinventing themselves to offering something else because yeah. you're right once the chain stores got involved i mean that was like the autumn of the way smith was the first one uh, uh then yeah obviously their buying power and their you know their hundreds of retail yeah. outlets was a threat so uh the the small places had to have something unique about them uh to keep going yeah, yeah it was a very uh dynamic time in obviously uh, an industry that was basically a hobbyist industry then started to go retail then started yeah. to go chain stores then started to go yeah. international you know and uh it was a new industry basically yeah. and then of course back on the back of success of um football manager just like a typical thing in the 80s every big film had to have a sequel so did football manager so football manager 2 came out was it just a case of it's successful times have moved on i need to just do an update what what was the story behind football manager 2 well i would have done it differently actually if i was thinking that way but uh what actually happened by that time the the company had been bought by another company uh because i was finding it harder and harder to um run the company and you know write as well so until it was bought by another company that was first chance i had to write a new game so i wrote football manager 2 which was very successful actually it was um number one seller for three months so uh, on multiple formats so it was a, a, a successful product um but uh, you know in hindsight i would do th i would have done things differently in hindsight i would have uh, i did try but i never succeeded to get someone to partner up and sort of take over the business side of the company but that was kind of hard to do at that time mm. uh, no you could you couldn't find anybody with experience of a computer games no software at Still that time new, yeah. yeah so uh never got the the right person but uh um that would have been ideal if i had someone like that that i could rely on and then i could have focused on writing but that didn't happen until football manager 2 for football manager but i did do software star and president i managed to get them done um in the meantime but uh if i knew more also of uh like how successful football manager was the because even uh the two things made it less me less aware one was that there was no internet so nobody was messaging me so like yeah, just letters issue. and the other thing is the actual uh market penetration you might say the sales of football manager were more than i knew about because of copying mm -hmm. so there were a lot more people playing than I knew because I only got the sales from the ones that people bought. Um, yeah. but obviously, copying was completely rife at that time. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, like, so I might be selling one, uh, one in five or more of the actual sales. So, um, but 
so it was I, if I had more visibility I would have done things differently but nevertheless it was uh, you know uh, Foot Manager 2 was, was a hit nevertheless I mean I remember it I remember buying it because the co I love the cover it had quite a, an iconic cover I love the cover of it and of course by that time you'd seen a lot of other people think well we're going to bring our version of Football Manager out my first computer was a Commodore 16 which was very limited and it wasn't until I had a, a Spectrum 128 that I started to really play the Football Manager games because the Commodore 16 was restri restricted really except one yeah. and of course it was a great way because it was what they did is they instead of football manager they called it soccer boss so of course yeah, yeah, yeah. football and soccer and manager and boss and that was the first that was the very first game i played before football manager but it wasn't the same the players names were were all made up and um it was fun because there was nothing else but of course by that point you'd opened the doors and then other people thought well, we can do that and they started mm -hmm. selling them in the like the 199 299 budget range etc etc but it wasn't mm -hmm. football manager it was their their version of it i think is it activision i think they did one i think i think that might have been them and then you had the other game did you look at some of the other games that came out before football manager 2 or did you just yeah. have a clear vision for it yourself anyway i, I always have a clear vision uh what i was going to do uh, so when I when I say I'll do it differently, I would I would just uh, be more incremental what I what I was doing rather than uh, break everything down and rewrite again, um, which is what I did do. Um, and also, uh, Football Manager Two was harder to write because at that point I was working with uh, other developers doing some of the graphic stuff, and so I didn't have the sort of total control that uh, that, that that makes me I find better to work with um uh but no i never need to look at other games for ideas i, I still don't at all because i've got plenty of ideas and it's that the the ideas aren't the problem it's the time to implement is the problem so yeah. uh and that's still true i mean one, one game that came out i think it was about 1987 what they tried to do is to try and stop the pirating and the copying a game called the double I don't know if you're familiar with it they they included a piece of paper that in, that was with three letter codes in it so mm -hmm. you had this code so when you couldn't start the game without putting this three letter code in so if you did yeah. have a copy off your friend on cassette you also had to get a copy of these codes otherwise i mean it's not like today where people can take a photo on their phones and do it you'd have to try and photocopy it or physically write them down which would have been a yeah. quite a long, boring. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of effort uh, put in to um, you know anti piracy stuff. Mm. Uh, it was costing so much, and there was not only just piracy; there was counter counterfeiting as well. Mm. Um, I remember, uh, for example, with Football Manager Two, um, it was out on seven formats. That was one of the things that made it hard to do as well because it was on seven different computers and my code was on all of them um uh the um after the launch you know we, obviously you have an idea of the sales normal sales of uh games on different formats but the the uh, amiga version was particularly suppressed compared to say the atari st and it's like why is the amiga version not selling um, and then we found out that it had been counterfeited in uh, in uh, a market, the markets in Glasgow. Mm. 
Right. And so they, they've been putting out counterfeit versions, you know, and uh, I mean, the counterfeits, once you're able to duplicate the, the disks, you know, they, they work the same, but the packaging was counterfeited. Um, and yeah, I've seen counterfeits. So, you know, people copying for them, their friends, they do that because they can. The counterfeiters yeah. are doing it as a, a criminal business, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Up against it's, that it's as well. So, a 12 year old saying, here's a cassette, yeah. here's a TV, oh, uh, and that. All right. Well, here's, here's a little story from one computer game show you just made me think of. Uh, I was towards the end of a, uh, the afternoon at, at one show, and I think it was at Earl's Court or somewhere like that. And I was on the stand on my own. And this kid came up to me, he must have been about 10. And he said, uh, I got your game and it doesn't work. Oh. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, it doesn't work. I said, well, what happened? So I was thinking, like, you know, can I help? What's, what's, what's wrong yeah. with it, you know? And so he explained it to me, and I thought, hang on. And I said, I thought, hang on, that, that's what happens when you, you know, copy the game, you know, like, because it did have a limited amount of protection. And uh, I said, where did you buy the game? And he said, oh, I, know, I copied it off my friend. Got <laughs> the cheek. So he's coming up to ask me to fix something that he's got for free by pirating it, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like my problem, you know, I didn't get anything. So, like, you know, I thought, I, I saw, I mean, he's only kids. So, oh. Yeah, he's got the confidence to do it, but yeah, exactly. yeah, complain, complain, yeah. complain that my pirate copy doesn't work, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, there's a different, different thing. And, uh, but of course, it did cost because it was too easy to do in a way, and um, that meant that a lot of uh, companies in the industry and even third parties were investing quite a lot to try and find a solution to prevent yeah. copying. And uh, I can remember also um, somebody saying to me, uh, like um, justification as well, saying, "Well, I got to have a backup because backups were um, common for business software." So there was a thing about having a backup version of your accounting program because if the disk stopped loading, you'd need to use a, another disk so you can carry on doing your business, you know. So oh, yeah. people made parallels and said, well, you've got to have a backup, haven't you? So uh, somebody said once, but, you know, yeah, I, I copy it, but I'm going to have a backup. I said, you've got to have a backup of a computer game? And uh, they said, yeah, yeah, you've got to have a backup. And I said to them, can I ask you, do you have a backup of your kettle? Like, you know, like you have a second kettle in case you can't make tea, because I said it's only a, a game. You know, exactly, like, yeah, it's, it's, not, like, it's, not life, uh, it's not life and death in this case. That's then, right. Not long after Football Manager 2, of course, then you brought out the World Cup special. Yeah. Um, in, time for, in time for Italy. Two years 90, later. Yeah, for yeah. Italy 90, um, which I yeah. also played as well. Um, yeah. At that point, was it just a case of you wanted to just do one because it was international and it made sense or was it was the pressure to do it because it was a world cup yeah there was pressure um uh at, at the time uh, you know i'd say that the, the publisher wanted it um and they pressurized for it um but for me it was a a very very painful uh process and uh, you know it's it's the one I consider that isn't what I was trying to create, um, and 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 it was kind of you know obviously there's a deadline, but the the relation yes, artistic differences, yeah. 
the relationship had, had gone astray with the publisher. They weren't helping me uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, I was working with these other developers as well. And it was, they, 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 I can remember one particular point when they had a manager who was supposed to look after this team of developers and they fired him basically. Uh, which meant that that fell on my shoulders and made my job, which was already pretty much impossible, even worse. So um, it was a very unpleasant experience, and I don't think uh, I've I, I, I've don't really look at that game. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it's moderately good, but it wouldn't be my work, uh, my my best work. And that ended the relationship. That was the final part of that yeah. that working relationship as well. So. That's what I thought. Time. I thought there had to be something because at that point, of course, um, yeah, it, it, it stopped. And just as football started to explode, and a new generation of football fans appeared, and then, of course, yeah. um, around '93, Championship Manager came out um, yeah. with the Collier brothers and stuff. So, yeah, there was. Um, they probably saw maybe a, a gap in the market with no new football manager game, and probably thought, okay. I mean, I know they were only young when they started, but. They may have saw they may have seen an opportunity there i don't know um one thing i don't know about anybody listening but one thing i've always wanted to ask you about is the fact that of course championship manager rebranded um and became called football manager but it's nothing to do with you so how, no. how did that happen that there's a game out there called football manager that comes out every year which is not connected <laughs> to you whatsoever so what what happened there, Kevin, if you don't mind me asking you about it? Uh, uh, that's perfectly fine. I, by that time, had been on my travels. I've traveled a lot uh, for a long, long time. Uh, and I was in New Zealand when they were looking to change the name. I knew nothing about it. Um, and um, But the ownership rights were with uh, the publisher, Prism Leisure, at the time. From, from the time when they took over. And uh, so I had no uh, say in it anyway. Um, so um, they they could do that with, with completely independent of me. Um, uh, so that's why. Um, and uh, that's that's just how that came about. So yeah, I certainly created the, uh, the, the concept of Football Manager and, and Football Manager itself, the original one, but when it transitioned to them, that was completely independent of my knowledge. I sometimes get people, uh, you know, assuming things and saying, how many millions did you make out of that deal and things like that? And yeah. I say, well, uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, there's no uh, involvement there at all. It's just that your influence is probably that's the only thing that we can probably take from it nowadays well right? i guess they wanted the name because it had value um, yeah so yeah yeah because when when because I, I played championship manager before it became football manager when the name came out i automatically thought oh kevin toms is back and he's um he's updated it for the and then i realized that it was just a rebranding and championship yeah. manager different was game different before. very different game yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there, there is a very different concept they're starting from there, which is uh, a player database. Mm. And it's always been the thing that they, there's a foundation of, of their game. Um, and so it starts with a, a different structure. Um, yeah. And uh, some people sometimes say to me, like, 
because you know as we may, may come on to i'm still i'm writing again now um yeah. they say oh what's the point of doing that you know i mean you know there, there's football manager sports interactive football manager and i always say to them what you're saying to me is the equivalent of saying um okay in rock music uh, there's one rock band and there shouldn't be any others you know like exactly. it's it's just a genre you know yeah and that's the, the way they've done it um but it doesn't suit everyone uh, everyone has different um, ways of doing it and I'm, I'm glad you said that because i want to talk to you about your modern project because about probably about five to six years ago from memory i read somewhere and then went straight away and downloaded it you had a new version of football manager and it's the old style football manager from the 80s but with a, a slightly modern twist so what happened with, with that what what brought that on first of all which would have been about was it 2017 2018 perhaps something like that that sounds about right yeah 2016-17 yeah um so what happened was a year or so before that um i was in canada and uh i just thought i mean like writing mobile apps for a long time and i just said um hey guys for those that follow me just a few hundred people at that time um i said you know i could rewrite my original game for mobiles is anybody interested and uh, i got a very strong positive response yeah. and so i started on that project it took about 18 months i think in total but i enjoyed every minute of the mm. time i spent in my spare time writing it and it is a very good game which is uh, very closely uh, analogous to the original yeah, uh, and it's on like mainly on yeah, iOS and Android has the same addictive qualities, but I've changed some things, um, uh, but not too much. And, and like you say, it is deliberately retro as well. Uh, the gameplay is is very much similar. So, I've, uh, you know, like wrote it from scratch, but obviously knowing how how it worked, I didn't need yeah. to look at code or anything like that. And so, uh, and then and made some some enhancements along the way, tweaked a few things that I could do which i uh, didn't have enough memory for in the original for example for people who didn't know that is the game still available in android stores and um in the yeah android? yeah so the easy way to find my stuff anything i write now is 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 just off my name kevin toms because one thing i recognized was if i put out something called football something that would be lost amongst thousands of others yeah uh, so i just call everything with my name at the beginning kevin tom's football star manager it is uh or kevin tom's football manager uh easy to find so as long as you look for my name on the uh app stores you find all my games yeah. and uh I, I that game is you know people love it basically they play hundreds of seasons on it and uh and it's there's the comparison there is a comparison point because uh, when you said about the other football manager, Sports Interactive, uh, I particularly remember a conversation where somebody said to me they got the latest version of that, mm. and they played it for 200 hours, and they've played seven seasons. Oh. And I said, I said, if you played, well, I said, if you played mine for 200 hours, you'd play 200 seasons. Mm. That's the difference. And yeah. uh, so I, that's why I think there, there is a need for something different. And it got to a, an interesting point with... Uh, the rewrite of football manager where uh, we were talking i was talking with people who were playing it about changes and i made certainly made some evolutionary changes but it got to a point where i said if i add that in that's kind of changing the game from its mm. original roots it is a re renewal of a, a of course a, yeah a game yeah 
And I said, you sure you want me to do that? And the overwhelming response was, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, we want the classic, you know. And so um, I said, okay, I'm starting a new project. So um, that's what I'm well down the tracks with now, which is a, 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 another game. Again, you can find it with Kevin Thomas, Kevin Thomas football game, simple name. Uh, yeah. and, and that one is my long-term project where I'm just uh, making a new football management game, my style. At the moment, it's just a minimum viable game out there, but I've got a, a new version in, in the wings at the moment that I'm trying to work out. Yeah. Uh, when to release and, and that one i will i will build over over time a long time um and but the key thing is i keep that easy to play feel and speed and everything yeah, which is sure. the sort of thing you that i think a lot of people find lacking in uh, the big complex games that are out there yeah and, exactly uh, exactly that's true yeah. you don't want to for me personally i mean not only have i have i got a job and other projects and i've got a wife and two children as well i don't yeah. have time to just say right i'm going to play a season and it takes me like you say hours and hours and hours and i'm still only yeah. after probably played five games but i've scouted loads of brilliant players yeah. from south america who are 17 years old i don't it's too much for me yeah i, I appreciate there's a real market for that but in terms of time i prefer yeah. to to have that that speed the game i play the most of them it's not even modern because it's over 25 years old is championship manager 97 98 because it's it is of all of that era it's one of the fastest you can play you can probably play a season in maybe two and a half three hours if you know what you're doing um because people they don't have time to do that now and and also That's as it. well I, I don't i don't want to go into that much depth really no no i mean i i, I don't either i find that hard work yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. i mean i hate with masses of statistics too much you know yeah. uh you need like uh attributes statistical of attributes course, yeah. of, of players but do you really need to know you know their passing accuracy percentage and and things like that to be able to play a game um you know uh it, yeah i mean when because professional have someone statistics but you don't want to be doing that when you're uh when you're playing a game you want it to get the essentials nah. of it so so yeah so like anything um I, you don't want reality you want the fun yeah exactly the, yeah, exactly. the fun parts not not it's like a job isn't it i mean you don't want you know you, you could be doing any job uh and there are fun parts and there are parts that are just drudgery and exactly. so uh, i think you need to automate or simplify those parts and uh keep the fun bits so that's what i'm trying to do so anybody who's listening who's interested in your projects just needs to search for your name, Kevin Toms, and they'll be able to find out what projects you're working on or anything. They'll be able to look at in the Android store and the Apple store and find your, your game we talked about. Yeah. So as we, as we come to the end, my, my final question has to be, what do you think the legacy is of Football Manager all these years later? Over 40 years later, what do you think the legacy of Football Manager is? The original Football Manager the, the legacy of the original uh, the legacy of the original football manager is how much fun it gave to people at that time it was a big yeah. social event for people that's that's the, the sort of thing obviously i didn't realize at the time and i found out in recent years was uh how much people loved it and how much they got out of it and they were playing with their mates as well so it was a it was a you know it was and i think the thing we didn't realize at the time was you know i mean 
everybody understands that when you um, listen to a song, it reminds you of a particular part, events in your life. And so some songs have more meaning to you because they're associated with things. So it's a computer game. And, uh, you know, it's like got nostalgic roots, uh, which mean a lot to you. But also the other thing compared to a song is you might play that computer game a hell of a lot more than you've listened to, the, to a particular song. Mm. So it's a kind of cultural nostalgic thing. But yeah, it was a foundation for an entire genre of games, which I'm proud of. Yeah, exactly. It, um, it certainly opened the door for many people to, to bring out their versions of management simulation games. And without it, um, perhaps they, they might not have been the demand for it. We've no idea. It might have taken a long, long time before that could have happened. Who knows what? Can I say uh, one, one more thing? Can I yes, say one more thing? Uh, so what I didn't have then, I do have now, which is um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, etc. And yeah. I, I love the conversations and the interactions and we, you know, plenty of humor. So yeah, you, you know, you find uh, Kevin Tom's games on Facebook at Kevin Tom's on Twitter. And I've just started a discord as well. So yeah, yeah I mean, I like the social side as well. And I can say personally as well on my Twitter, when I put anything about Football Manager, people just appear from nowhere. They're attracted to it. They even tag you in it as well to say, look, yeah. somebody's talking about Football Manager. And then people start to bring up and they're talking about, oh, I remember I saved this game back in 1984 when I was, I don't know, Newcastle. And I took them to do this, this. And people still remember. And it is, it's the, the fondness. And this, this last week, people were saying, oh, but I know if I press this button, I could cheat and they were talking about cheating and things like that this is always somebody who I was, found a way i saw some of that and i claimed horror yeah i can't believe you cheated how could you do because that yeah, that's not the point of the game there were no there were no easter eggs in the game but of course there were people who found ways to break in yeah, so, yeah. probably by accident they probably pressed the wrong button or something and then realized yeah. that that's what happened. yeah ah there was what was the one that oh let me think if you did a certain thing at a certain time something worked for you Completely untrue, but but it, it, it was believed. Yeah, you press a certain key at the right point in the match and it affects the result. No, no. Yeah, there, there was a thing, I think if you press the break key or something, it, it either meant you always scored from a certain angle or they never scored or something. Yeah, it was some urban myth was yeah. created by somebody yeah. and people just took it as facts, yeah. Kevin, yeah. it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you and for me personally as well to go back on on the nostalgia trail and, and relive my early computer days as well was fantastic. I really appreciate your time today. So thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. Take care. Thanks. A huge thanks to Kevin Toms for being my guest today. That conversation, it took me so much back to my childhood. I was 12 years old again, I was in my bedroom on my spectrum playing Football Manager 2 then during that conversation. I hope it had the same nostalgic impact on you as well. As I said, just before we finish, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Five-star review helps a great deal. And also, don't forget to check out my articles. I'm sure you'll find something that will take your fancy at retrofootballnetwork.substack.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Take care and see you next time. Cheers.